0: Hello and welcome to Life of the School, episode 137. my name is aaron matthew and i'm a biology teacher from massachusetts on life school podcast i like to sit down with a group of fellow science teachers and ask them what's going on in their classroom and what are they working on today we're going to return to the topic of professional development and sort of discuss the good the bad and the ugly of pandemic pd and maybe what pd will look like for us in the future and for this episode, we're going to kick off with a goofy question that stumped us all, uh, which is, uh, if you could attend PD workshop run by any person, scientist, author, teacher, etc., uh, whose workshop would you want to attend? And so, joining us from Missouri is Kelly Clusi. Welcome, Kelly.
1: I was totally filling out the show notes right before hopping on here, and I was hoping to get inspo from you all, but you left this one blank. So um, I'm maybe going with a very obvious safe pick, maybe because yesterday was Darwin Day. Um, but I'd love to just hang out with Charles Darwin and like look at some fossils and maybe hear about like his ex- explorations. You know, that seems like a pretty cool person to learn from.
0: All right. I would be curious to see if, like, which of the caricatures that have occurred for Charles Darwin over the last, you know, 160 some odd years, because, like, he definitely gets painted as, like, this this really, like, nerdy, you know, hypochondriac uh, kind of guy. But, like, you don't know. Like, it's all through the lens of history. So, um, yeah, he certainly would have some stories, I, I imagine. All right. And uh, joining us from Texas is Lee Ferguson. Welcome, Lee.
2: Hello. So, okay. Again, we didn't say <laughs> living or dead. So I picked one of each. Um, so the first one, y'all are going to laugh because I teach my kids about him. I teach Rudolf Virchow because he was not just a scientist. He was also a politician. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which I think is a really, you know, interesting thing just to think about historically, right? That science and politics have always been intertwined. Um, but I read somewhere this story about him, apparently getting into a duel with another guy in the parliament, whatever the German equivalent to parliament is. And he said, okay, so there's these two sausages. Only one of them has like worms up in it. I dare you to eat <laughs> one of these sausages. And I'm like, I gotta know if that story is true. I gotta know if that story is true. And so, you know, cause apparently they were having some sort of disagreement about something and he's like, all right, here, we're going to settle this here and now. with meat that may or may not have worms in it (laughs) so I was like wait no that can't be real that can't be real um but if I had to learn from a living scientist I I will also go with a safe pick and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. go with Sean Carroll um because yes I have heard him speak but it wasn't because he was teaching he was just kind of emceeing things um and because I'm a biointeractive ambassador with HHMI, I've I've met, I've had the occasion to meet Sean Carroll several times. In fact, I was joking the other day with some friends about how I have a, a series of photographs called selfies with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me and Sean Carroll in at different conferences or whatever. Just I always go up to him. I'm like, hey, can I take my picture? Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, i yeah. fangirl. Over Sean Carroll all the time, so I would want to learn. Yeah, from I got him. the
0: fan out with him when he and Paul Strode were uh, presenting together. When Paul built wrote curriculum stuff for him, and then. You know, Paul being like my greatest fan ever is like introducing to me and I cannot uh, in me to him. And I'm like, he could not care less who this random teacher from Massachusetts is. But Paul, with his enthusiasm, was so was so generous and all that. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) I got I got to meet him. I didn't do a selfie with him, but uh, I did get I did get a personal uh, introduction (laughs) with fanfare as if I was the exciting person to meet in that encounter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice yes it was very very, nice. very weird uh i'm sure i'm sure he's he certainly started listening <laughs> to the podcast as soon as he had that introduction i went right into the record list <laughs> 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 and uh joining us from colorado is hannah hathaway welcome hannah hi um
3: yeah i think i'd have to go with someone who I just want to meet. Um, that would be Ira Flato. I'm a big Science Friday fan. And I don't know, he's met so many scientists and amazing people who have contributed to science. So I feel like he'd be an interesting person to talk to. And being someone who runs a you know weekly science news show that's meant for the public, I think he'd have a lot to teach you about how to make science understandable and engaging um, for everyone. So I think that'd be a great PD, Ira Fledo, If you're listening, let us know. Hey, you know
0: there is a uh, a Science Friday uh, teachers group. You know they do have applications for that every year, so you there could you uh, could get in that way. Um, yeah. So this exactly. is exactly. Yeah, this Maybe is the one day. This is I've always I always kicked myself that I go last, but like I got the the total win in this one because I got to hear everybody's thoughts. Um, and I think that if I was going, uh, if I was going uh, living, I think I would actually go with Terry Gross from Fresh Air for very similar reasons for I- Ira Flato. She is got to be the world's greatest interviewer of people, um, and I just, and again, has met everyone from all walks of life, from entertainers to authors to scientists to all these great people, policy experts. And I just think that, man, if she could run a workshop on any topic she wanted, it would be like amazing. Um, and then, uh, the other person who I would love to run a workshop would be Rosalind Franklin. Um, because, uh, not only was she like an immense scientist, um, in such challenging times, but her standards for publication and for what was presentable. If you look back at her work, the reason she didn't run to the punch is because she was like, this is good, but it's tentative and it's not good enough. And she did not have the confidence of some mediocre white men to say, this is the thing that is good enough to put out there. Um, And her work was stolen. And so I think that her insights on, you know standards and re- reproducibility as a scientist would also be fascinating. Aside from being an enormously important historical person, I think her view as a scientist would be just like great. Like, why didn't you publish? <laughs> uh, but I, I have a feeling that she w- there'd be a lot to learn about the nature of science from from somebody. Um, so look at that! I get to slide right in the end and get two good picks of these <laughs> all of the really great picks that we had. All right. Well, as I said, we're going to hit good, the bad, and the ugly um, of of PD. And I think that the, if we're going to start this out, uh, we have to talk about the lack of face-to-face PD over the last two years. And so we're going to start with an easy one. Uh, what's something that you've missed about face-to-face PD over the past two years? Um, and so, Lee, let's start with you. What What about you? What have you missed about that face-to-face PD over the last two years?
2: So as somebody who delivers a lot of face-to-face, PD, or at least I did in BC, the before (laughs) COVID times, um, I miss getting to interact with teachers. Um, You know, teaching is something I love so very much. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all know that, Um, but getting to work with teachers and getting to teach them how to... You know, look at you know different ways of teaching the same stuff that they've always taught, or get them to think about something in a new way, or just introducing them to a new like you know shortcut to lab prep or even you know stuff like that. Um, that is so much fun. I it, it's I get the same aha's from teachers that I do that I get from my students, and you know to me there that's like the best part of getting to work with people in a face to face setting. You don't see that in Zoomlandia. You just don't. Um, And the connections, making the connections to people is a little bit tougher in in a remote setting simply because a lot of your remote PDs tend to be one-off offerings, right? It's like a one-hour or a 90-minute or even a two-hour thing where, you know, in-person PDs, at least the ones that I've led, tend to be multiple hours over multiple days, you know, you have that opportunity to, to learn about these people and their teaching contexts, learn a little bit about them, you know, and where they're coming from and who their students are. And that just doesn't happen in the, um, you know, in the remote environment, because it seems like to me in that environment, conversation is very stilted. Um, it feels very forced. And when you are standing in front of somebody or sitting in front of somebody, having a a face-to-face conversation with them, there's just something about that that is so much more authentic and, you know, and -hmm. organic. And so I've missed all of that. Now, as far as being the learner goes, um, I miss getting it again, getting to interact with my colleagues who are there with me. Um, I went to NABT this last year in um, Atlanta, and that was the first, you know, professional learning I'd done in in person that wasn't within my school district. <laughs> because let's face it, that this has just been a whole big mess. But the first PD I'd done, you know, with colleagues in two years, and even though the situation or the circumstances were a little bit different, it was so nice to be able to to sit with my friends and learn alongside them and to meet new people and to do all of that. And, you know, I just don't get the same feeling from online learning experiences. And I think a lot of us have also said something about being distracted (laughs) because I'm not going to lie, I get super distracted when something is online because I'm like, all right, I have a 27-inch monitor. Let me put this in that window over there and I'm going to do this over here and I'm going to have my phone in my hand over here. Oh, what? You said what? (laughs) You know, I'm I'm just, you know, they always say that teachers are the worst students. And that is so true. (laughs) Because I am (laughs) one of the worst when it comes to something like that. I will say, I will so, say you're very distractible so yeah.
0: face-to-face too
2: <laughs> oh yes <laughs>
0: two of us sitting in the back corner of milwaukee <laughs> yeah
2: we can't sit together <laughs> we cannot sit together <laughs> uh hannah what
0: about you What what is it you've missed most about the face-to-face pd over the past two years
3: yeah i think a lot of the same as what lee said um Online, it's you. You just don't get those like little side conversations and those things that are just more personable. Even if you're like in a breakout with room with someone, it just you don't get that same connection. Um, and especially being newer to the field, I really like miss out, on, or I feel like I'm missing out on making those connections and just like expanding my network of teachers. Um, so I really miss that part of in-person PD, and I'm looking forward to resuming. Uh, Some of that hopefully soon. and
0: I feel like I, you know, I've noticed that as somebody who tends to take up a lot of space, I get so excited when I see my friends in those Zoom breakout rooms. But like, and I've been in a recent series, and I know a couple of the the couple of folks who are in there, and like, I pop in and we start talking and we get that patter going, and I realize, well, there's a breakout room of like nine people, and now like three people are talking, and. If we were all face to face, it'd be easier to call people in on community. Um, you know, just, it would just be a lot easier to, to do that. And that's that's just challenging to do um, as we as we sit in a Zoom room. And you're right. You don't know all the people who are in those spaces. Um, and yeah, I don't think I've developed that skill of calling people in who are new to the <laughs> conversation, who aren't, you know, uh, the people I already knew beforehand. All right. Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't think uh, any of us know how to make friends on Zoom very well because we've well, never done and, it before. And, you know,
0: that's, that's uh, not to be critical of facilitators, but that is a, you know, having run online workshops and, and sort of as Leah was mentioning, I, for years, ran online workshops and they were. They were three weeks long. And we week one was this socialization and developing community. And like, like, week one was sort of seeing how people could develop community and then giving them sets of tools to do that and then seeing how well they could do it. And if there were people who couldn't do it, even with support and structure and facilitation, and those people weren't going to be very good in the program because this was going to be a year-long program. And I remember I evaluated people on their ability to build community online, teaching them how to do it. And I will say I've seen almost zero like work by online facilitators to do that because that's something you'll have to be trained to do. Um, and great. If you already have a community, super easy to to walk into that room. But if you're not, that's, it's a, it is an awkward, an awkward situation to really have. All right, Kelly, how about you? What, what have, uh, what have you missed?
1: Uh, so similar to what you all mentioned, I do miss the social aspect uh, mentally, so getting to see a lot of my non-local teacher friends is always great. Um, I try to keep in contact with everyone through like social media and stuff, but that's just not the same as getting to actually hang out. Um, but another thing I actually miss a whole lot is getting to try new activities or labs at conferences and running through them myself. I find when I'm on, like, an online PD, I will book my <laughs> bookmark the cool website or whatever and just never look at it again versus I remember things that I actually get to, like, do hands-on and um, interact with a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we well, will talk – I've actually – I have had my first sort of positive experience that's been a blend recently on that, um, and it, I realized how much, like, not putting your hands on stuff or just watching a screen or even watching a demo – How different it is than getting your hands physically on something um yeah for me Mm -hmm. like it it sounds weird but like the the informal piece for me is also like the travel um and you know as people who've been to as Lee, (laughs) lee will know uh when i was in milwaukee for a week i got up every day and i ran and i would go run through the city and um and and spend time and for me that's like a processing time like when i do that like i'm thinking about everything we did the week the day before in the workshop and then we go out and we have lunch and that's when i'm processing like i don't do a ton of processing of the stuff being presented to me in the workshop yeah i'm taking notes and i'm writing things down but it's when i go and have you know a meal with the other people who are in the workshop or and we talk about it over lunch or over dinner or when i go you know, run through the city or along the water or in the mornings. Um, Even at the AP read, sometimes I run with people. Um, I had like a rotation of people who would get up in the morning and you chat and you talk and you, you end up inevitably talking about the stuff that you're working on when you do that. And that to me is so much a part of my process of really integrating the stuff from that short term stuff that's in there. Not just even the hands-on it's really how I make it sort of part of me. Um, And, then it becomes part of my memory. Like <laughs> when I'm planning something, I'm like, "Oh, there was that cool thing. What was that cool thing?" If I if I have that time to process while there, um, being away from home, away from home distractions in that new environment, um, I definitely think I learn better uh, in those situations. In that luxurious situation that that is the travel and going away, um, and that's that's been such a big part of my summers really much much over the last decade until the past two years. Um, and so I, I really do miss that um, component of it. All right, well, um, so now this question, has there been anything good? Um, so have you really had any good PD in remote platforms over over the past two years? Uh, Hannah, what about you? You've talked about sort of feeling new at this, but has there been anything that's, that's been sticky that, that has hit for you over the last, last two years?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I've been to some good PD over the past two years, for sure, and some opportunities I probably wouldn't have had had they not been virtual. Um, last summer, Lee, I think you might have gone to this one, too, but there was a PD on, um, like, ungrading, and it was from, like, Washington, and so I I probably wouldn't have flown to Washington over the summer to do that, so that was really wonderful to have that experience, Um generally i find if it's an online pd if it's like more than 15 minutes of someone talking at me then i just am like (laughs) i'm gone (laughs) um so i think the best ones are ones where you really like have like really nice chunks just like a a actual lesson you know different activities different things to do um i think the best pd i've been to is through the local uh, denver museum of nature and science they did um, a PD for us where the f- the first one was actually in person and then the second one had to be virtual. And the facilitator just did such a good job of like keeping us moving, different modalities, such high energy was just hilarious and like also modeling all of the things we were learning about. So it was just a really positive experience, even though everyone was kind of like bummed that we had to be back <laughs> online again. Um So I think there's a lot of positive things to be said for for virtual PD,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the, the 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 mentality of like how our students are, and as Lee said, we're we're no better than them. <laughs> like, you know, 15 minutes, we have phones, we have distractions. Uh, you know, uh, so if if somebody designs it has good curriculum design, it's good curriculum design if it's kids or if it's adults. Um, <laughs> you got to keep things moving. Uh, Kelly, how about you? What what do you got that's been working during the P, the pandemic?
1: So I'm going to be honest and say I didn't really seek out a whole lot of PD during the last two years, um, especially while last year teaching virtually, I was just <laughs> over screen time at that point, and I was looking for any way to disengage from my computer. But the Kansas Association of Biology Teachers did monthly Think and Drinks, which were still continuing, and they're really informal, just happy hours where we get together through Zoom and talk about teaching and... Even though it's super informal, we don't have an agenda or anything. I'm always leaving with some fun, like project ideas or book recommendations and just getting a chance to talk with people like who are passionate and like the same (laughs) weird stuff that I do is always just beneficial to my practice. Yeah. yeah.
0: One might argue I built a podcast that's based off of that entire premise. (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and truth truth be told, I mean, that's uh, I think that the this some of the the PD that I got into actually started as informal stuff and then ballooned Mm -hmm. out, and people were like, Well, what could we do that's maybe a little more structured? Um, that that was there, but I agree that during you know the first year while everyone was figuring stuff out, just having connection that was that was point one and having opportunities to yeah. maintain some degree of social connection was really, really important. Um, and as I mentioned, if you don't have social connection, it's hard to then connect on curricular ideas. Um, I think that's something that even people well-meaning who wanted to run PD, they skip that step a lot of times. And so um, it, it ends up becoming very sterile. Um, and unless you have an amazing facilitator, that's it's really challenging to do that stuff. Um, and, and Lee, who I've been in with PD all the time, <laughs> all over the break. I think Hannah, I was in that workshop too, the ungrading one uh, as well, uh, mm-hmm. as was Lee. It's funny, like the number of times I would show up and we had not pre-planned or talked and all of a sudden it's the same group. Nope. Same group of people,
2: <laughs> And we're all there. Yeah, like, and I
0: would just show up and I would know six people and people were like, how do you know all these people? And I was like, because there's only like a hundred biology teachers in the country and we all show up to everything like uh, there, but,
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> you yeah, see, my explanation is that we were like dogs. Yeah. We run in packs. fair. fair. <laughs> is what well, we do we run in packs we just don't sniff each other's butts well, probably, <laughs> probably a good probably thing, a good yes. thing.
0: <laughs> so so what have been your good things lee over the over the pandemic
2: yeah so looking at your notes i was i was just remembering oh the book study that we mm-hmm. did with brad and paul and and susan and, and everybody i was like <laughs> oh yeah there was that book study that i did um what's the it's name of the book i've got it up here for somewhere
0: I have, I have right in front of me.
2: recipes for science that's right there it, it's right there on my bookshelf um yeah so we we did that and that was fantastic and that one made me think really hard because that, that book was hard was dense like that was hard what makes it hard you know what
0: makes, it, you know what makes um, it, uh, it really good to read a really hard book have like the 15 smartest people you know discussing what they pulled out of it <laughs> seriously oh my god because i'm like barely like, keeping up yeah. i
2: have never felt more imposter syndrome than when i was in that when it whenever i was in those meetings with y'all because i'm like oh my gosh i don't feel like i know nearly enough and i don't know if i've gotten everything out of this that i'm supposed to you know because people would talk you know john would say something and then brad would say something i'm like god i feel stupid <laughs> Because these people are just yeah. so freaking smart. Well, and yeah. The That's... good news
0: about that group is yes, they were super smart, but they are all super generous. Oh, yeah. And like you, you're just describing yes. my entire relationship with John Darko that John and I will go and talk about something. And at the end of the I'll go, like, John, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's just, and he's okay with that because he oh, yeah. thinks about modeling in a way that is seven steps beyond what anybody else does, but he will engage mm-hmm. with you and you can ask questions and, and there. Um yeah, yeah. it was. It was an amazing, like, yeah. I, I don't know that we could ever recreate that. It was a weird workshop in there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we had this real bookshop, no. but
2: it yeah. was, it was great. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, and so I will, I would say that, that the two book studies that I participated in last year, and that was one of them, and that was one that was just teacher led mm-hmm. teacher driven. Right. And so the other one was one that I, um, that I did as a part of being a biointeractive interactive ambassador. We read a book called Coaching for Equity by, um, Elena Aguilar. And, you know, now that I've, um, decided that, I'm going down the administrator path. I'm glad that I did that. Um, You know, because after we read the book, I told my principal, I was like, hey, we really need to like think about or you need to really think about reading this book. (laughs) And he was like, what's the name of the book? And I took a picture of it and sent it to him. like, I really think you would get a lot out of this, you know, being that you want to... um, you know, work toward, you know, pre- creating more equitable spaces on campus and more equitable experiences for students, blah, 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 blah. This would be a fantastic book for you to read. Has he done it yet? Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Um, but, you know, I was like, hey, <laughs> now that I'm in this, you know, track, you know, on in this track to, to go down the same path, I'm like, It's probably a good thing that I participated in that book study but there was a lot in that book study that I I learned that I had never really considered Mm -hmm. before and so you know but the other thing too is that any PD that I've done through HHMI online or in person has Mm -hmm. always been really good um and then I also had the chance to participate in something from Science Takeout um and I don't know if y'all have ever done anything with their stuff or any of their online PDs but they're their online PD was actually really good because they sent you a kit ahead of time. And so there wasn't a lot of, you know, chunks of sit and get it was okay. We're going to talk for 10 minutes and now you're going to do this. And now you're going to talk about it with colleagues in a breakout space. And now you're going to make this model and now you're going to do this. And so it did keep things kind of rolling because like Hannah said, if I'm sitting for more than 15 (laughs) minutes and you're talking at me, two things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to turn off my camera. And I'm not going to pay any attention to you. And number two, I'm probably going to find something else to do and just keep you on as Mm -hmm. background noise because it's no different. I I think in this regard, online learning is no different than in-person learning in terms of engagement. You have to keep, you have Mm -hmm. to work that much harder to keep people engaged with what you're doing. Um, And as somebody who leads (laughs) week-long AP Summer Institutes (laughs) online, (laughs) that's rough it's hard to do. Um, but it can be done and it can be done really well. Um, you know, as long as you're changing things up constantly, you know, and I'm learning, you know, as somebody who's had to do that for the last two years and who's going to do it again this year, it's like, all right, I've, I've learned from the last two years, what not to do and what to do. So let's use that to kind of improve, you know, the experience for the people that, you know, are having to, to sit through an online version of what I normally do in person because, and I always feel bad for the people that do the APSIs Mm -hmm. online, right? Because they're doing them for different reasons, right? They're doing it because maybe right now they still don't feel comfortable going into an online, you know, into an in-person learning space or well, school, this is all we're going to pay for. You know, we're not going to pay for you to go to this place far, far away and learn from this person, but we will pay for you to sit on (laughs) your butt at home and do it. Um, or whatever other reasons they have. Or maybe they do want to learn from somebody who's far away and their school won't pay for them to go. Um, but I honestly believe that that online experience is is not going anywhere for any of our professional development because it will allow organizations to, to cast their nets a little bit wider. And quite frankly, we need that. We need that because there are so many teachers who want good professional learning opportunities that are unavailable to them where they are and if we can provide those opportunities online why not you know why not provide that opportunity for somebody who say is in Hawaii that can't get to the mainland to go to a workshop because it's freaking expensive to come from there to to here Or vice versa, like, let's say I wanted to learn from somebody who's really amazing facilitator and guess where their head, you know, guess where their home base is, Hawaii, or Alaska, or wherever, or in my case, my, 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 my school doesn't let us travel out of state for anything, right, unless it's absolutely necessary. And so, you know, if I wanted to learn from somebody, say, in Georgia, right, if I want to learn from, say, Tom Willis, who's out at St. Simon's Island, I can't go. But if I did an online version of a workshop with Tom, my school would be like, yeah. yep, we're on it, you know? So I think that those those opportunities are not going anywhere. And so if if anything was learned about delivering learning online for professionals, it was that, right? That this helps organizations to cast their nets a bit wider to make learning more equitable for for teachers all over the country.
0: Yeah, and y- your your thoughts are, are are making me are crystallizing a bunch of stuff for me and some of the things I've heard from people who like you who've run the APSI, who've done things really effectively. So for me the two things that that have worked really well, one has been my local community, like I'm part of the Amgen Biotech Experience of Massachusetts. It's Amgen has an outreach, they do it in any state that they have facilities and Massachusetts happens to be one and they the 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 hub of that they have several hubs throughout the state but their real hub the one that I originally connected with is out of the Harvard life science outreach so i've been part of that community for many many years so this is a group of people who you know it's it it's like old home week you know every summer we would go back and we would do two days of professional development and it was like the days would end up being like 15 hour days cuz i would have to get up at like six in the morning to go and beat all the Boston traffic and then we'd run all the workshops and then we all went out for you know dinner and then we'd all go out and have some beers <laughs> and I'd get home at like midnight because you know I was just these are the people I want to hang out with like all the time anyway you know it was just the kind of thing where it was just so much so much fun to be with that group of like-minded people and build community so that I got a lot of good book study informal talks like a lot of the stuff that you're mentioning that's the group that I got it from. Um, and then, uh, you know, we already mentioned the other book group that that Leo and I were in. Um, and then the other workshops that I've been doing, it's, I actually started them this winter, is a series through 3D Molecular Design and the Milwaukee School of Engineering. And, um, and Lee and I did the workshop in person. I think that was back in 2018. Um, that 18, yeah. 17, yeah, so in somewhere so, in that neighborhood. Yeah, Lee and I were both uh, in Milwaukee for a week. Um, these are the group that build the uh, the 3D uh, kits. I have a whole bunch on the uh, uh, desk behind me. Um, and what they have done, similar to what you said with Science Takeout, is um, one of the webinar series, it was their CRISPR series, which is the series I wanted to sign up for, but I couldn't the first year. And then it was like, I didn't get in the next year. And um, and now they're running it as a 5 a, a five webinar series and what they did is they let us um it was a single flat fee and basically the flat fee was a copy of all of their kits so i have a 3d printed model of a, of a little mini crisper i have three other kits that they're teaching us with and similar like we get um tim who does his big giant talks and stays way off script and takes way too long and is Four daughters trying to rein him in. And then we have the kits and they encouraged us to set up document cameras and show. So like I actually brought my document camera home and I had it set up and I had the kit on my table. And when we were in the breakout room, I was showing that. So I was like moving things around. So people were talking and it was just this interactive conversation with other teachers. But I had the models in hand similar to what you're saying with Science Takeout. Um, And they're doing another webinar series right now, which is basically that first intro workshop. Um, And it's on Tuesdays, um, which are terrible days of the week for me. But there's a couple of kits that I haven't done before. And there's also some really good teachers. And it's a split. It's a two and a half hour workshop where it's Tim doing his talk for like an hour and a half. And then a teacher doing an hour on this is how I use this in my classroom. And they charged $60 for the entire webinar series or $15 for each one. And I was like, well, I could spend 60 bucks and get all five kits. <laughs> or I could spend like 30 bucks and go to the two that I'm interested in. It's like, yeah, I'll just spend the whole 60 bucks. And then I have recordings of them. So I will go to a couple and then the others I'll just do asynchronously. And I'll, but I'll have the kits so that as I'm watching the videos and I'm listening and looking at the workshops, I'm hands-on. I'm not distracted. I'm not texting Lee or, you know, watching the Super Bowl out of the corner of my eye on a big screen TV or any of those kinds of things that might distract you at a given at a given part. Uh I I will be able to set his time aside to do it. And um I think Lee is you're I know that um some of the APSI teachers, and I'm trying to remember if you're one of them, you send out kits of things for people to play with at their workshop. Were you one of those folks? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: I yep I do. In fact I've got to contact them and say so hey. I've got these four workshops this yeah. summer.
0: Yeah. And so I remember talking to a couple of folks last summer who were doing that and putting together this kit. So I think, you know, one of those things we've learned is that if you are learning by yourself in a, at home, if you have the toys to play with, it's going to be easier to engage in the material, particularly if it's science material, you know, um, that sort of stuff. All right. Well, with that said, I think we've queued it up and I've teased a little bit of some of the stuff I've been doing, but I'm curious, do you have any PD plans in the coming months? Uh, Do you think you're going to have any face-to-face PD anytime soon? Uh, Kelly, how about you?
1: So for the first time in my career, I'm really trying to take the Mm -hmm. summer easy. Usually I make my schedule pretty jam-packed with PD or I'm teaching classes, but I really just need a few weeks to process the last couple of years and just work on my mental health and get ready to teach the next year. Um, But I do always try to make it a priority to attend NABT's annual conference, so I'll be there. And I also always go to the Kansas Association of Biology Teachers Annual Conference. Those are my two favorite ever. Um, But informally, I'll probably be getting together a lot with one of my former co-workers because we both quit teaching high school this last semester and dropped down to upper elementary. And we are a little in and over <laughs> our heads, but we are going to sit down and look at some like curriculum materials and figure out what we're going to do with fifth grade science this coming year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You're, bu- you're building your new network. Um,
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. yep. It's just like a part of a natural thing.
1: Just happened to know yeah. a good friend who made the same crazy change that I did at the same time. So we're constantly texting each other and getting coffee and yeah, stuff. I, coffee. Would,
0: I would argue based off of conversations over the last couple of years, the the uh, crazy choice would have been to keep doing what you were doing. And the sane choice was what you've chose to do.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably fair. It's been yeah, so much better. You seem to better. be having a ball. Uh, is, even though it's... I was yeah. gonna say, and it looks like you're having so much fun too.
1: It is like my first year teaching again, but in the good ways. Like I don't always know what I'm doing, but I'm having so much fun figuring yeah. it out. That's awesome.
0: And Lee, how about you? Uh, what you What do you got? We've already teased some of your stuff, but what do you got coming up?
2: Yeah, so I'm actually um, leading a couple of mock readings this spring. Um, I actually have to go to San Antonio. A week from no, a week okay. from now, um, to lead like a, a three hour. Um, Please come teach our AP teachers. They want you to come here. We don't know what they want. They just want you to come here. Okay, sure. Because it, it gets me out of PD in my district. I know that sounds terrible, but but hey, I would much rather be working directly with AP teachers than sitting in a room learning about stuff that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what I teach. Um, and so I don't feel bad about it. Um, so I'm doing that in a week. And then, um, over the summer, I'm leading two in-person APSIs, Mm -hmm. one in Boston, actually. So I'll give you a heads up. I'm coming. Um, (laughs) last week of July. Yeah. Last week of July for Mass Insight. Um, and then I have another one in Lubbock. (laughs) That ought to be fun out in West Texas. And then I've got a couple of online APSIs. Um, one is actually the week of the AP reading. So I will be sitting out the reading this year. Um, which I'm a little sad about because I'm like damn it, I need to see like what this exam looks like and everything before I go in and teach teachers about it but I don't know that I'll get to do that um or I know that I'm not going to get to do that this year but I also got a call earlier in the week about another opportunity that would actually have me sitting out of the AP reading anyway um so we'll see if that comes through um and then I am leading a couple workshops for um, oh, nice. HHMI in June. Um, so I led a couple this past January, yeah, you know, just last month with uh, Kate Fisher Hadeen. I don't know if y'all know Kate. Um, she's in Oregon, and she is an amazing um, AP Biology teacher. And she and I led workshop, a workshop about regulation and across scales. And it was really good. It was very well received. Well, we're repeating it in Ju- June, except as a 90 minute session rather than a 60 minute session, which felt fast <laughs> and furious.
0: Yeah,
2: it did. It was crazy. Um, it went well, but we just didn't feel like we had enough time. And, and we felt like we were just feeding people yeah. water from a fire hose because there was just so much yeah. that we had to tell them. Um and so that's you know kind of um what i'm doing this summer and then as far as later this year i mean i'm i'm in grad school <laughs> so that'll go on until october and then i'm going to not present at abt this year i've decided you know what no i'll go but i just want to yeah. be a learner let me go and just sit in all of these sessions which are always scheduled at the same time but <laughs> let me go sit in these sessions and just learn from my colleagues for a change because yeah. it's been a while since i've been just a learner so that's that's what i'm gonna do wow
0: well, yeah so just typical low-key lee not doing much of anything
2: yeah you know i know because that's how (laughs) i roll all
0: right hannah how about you what do you got planned uh anything coming up any face-to-face or or other pd plans
3: yeah um so my focus right now is i there's talk of starting a like project-based senior project research methods course for seniors at our school which i'm really excited about but i feel like i desperately need to go to some PD to kind of think about having like a year long project based class. Um, So for sure, over spring break, I'm going to go to High Tech High's Deeper Learning Conference in San Diego. And I'm very excited for that because I was actually going to go like two years ago, but then COVID happened. Um, And I'm excited because my dad lives in San Diego. So I get to also see my dad, who I haven't gotten to see very much in the past two years. So it's double, double good. Um, and then over the summer, who knows, I would love to go to something else, preferably in person. Um, I don't think I'll be able, I did the read for the first time last year online and I, I don't feel like I got, uh, the experience that everyone else gets in person. It was very isolating and I like kind Mm of sad, um, (laughs) so I really would love to do the read in person, but we have a family reunion that week, so I won't be able to do it this year, maybe next year. Um, and yeah, I'd love to go to nabt as well but it's always the weekend before finals because we're on trimesters and it's like such a stressful time in the year and every year i'm like this is the year i'm gonna just bite the bullet and and just do it so maybe this year really is the year i'll just i'll just do it we'll see
0: yeah yeah nabt yeah that that was the last time you know that was when i went to san diego and so as you're saying i was like ooh, i loved san diego um I left going around there. There's lots to do in San Diego. Um, and I remember you talking about that. Uh, I, I've talked to a couple of teachers who've done that uh, deeper learning conference. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple others who've done that. Uh, but I, you're not the first t- person who's mentioned that to me, but I've heard of a few. And interestingly enough, I'm, I'm working on a junior, senior, independent research elective that is going to, in theory, start next year. That I think on my to-do list is to actually make a finish making a proposal about. The, I'm supposed to make a video that's a video pitch to kids to make them sign up. Uh, I think it's been on my to-do list for like two and a half months now, uh, and I have to have it done by the end of this month. So uh, it's it's coming into the point where I'm actually gonna have to sit down and do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's totally open ended and having no parameters on me uh, has been has been challenging. Uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see that, plus all the other random changes that are going. Um, So for me, interestingly, I I actually attended my first face-to-face workshop uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, We had signed up in the fall to go and do an NGSS uh, train the trainers workshop. So it was myself um, and my department head and two other uh, veteran science teachers who signed up to go and do this and spend a two-day workshop just doing a deep dive on three-dimensional learning and the different components and then how to really help structure our curriculum because we have been, I'll I'll be honest, I had sort of given up on us really doing an NGSS approach um, because of the way our state assessment is lined up and other things, but credit to my department head. He really has been, he's really committed to having us have vertical alignment and having commonality of language and really, You know, embracing the science and engineering practices and the cross-cutting concepts and not just being these silos of disciplinary core ideas, which is really what we've been. And so we went and it was like only 20 people in a very big conference room, (laughs) really spaced out. And even though it was the peak of COVID, it was masked, it was distanced, it was, it felt... Awkward for only the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but uh, it was super well run. We had an amazing facilitator, um, and it was good. So it's like kind of took the bandaid off of being in a room with other people and doing PD, um, and it was good quality. It was well run. Um, got a lot out of that. Um, so I'm hopeful that maybe I'll get a couple of workshops. There's there's grumblings that I had two big workshops planned to be in the summer of 2020. Um, and I know that one of them, there's some grumblings that they're going to run it. It's a biotech workshop. It's a pipettes in hand doing labs. Like you just can't do that virtually. Like <laughs> you gotta be at the bench to do it. So, um, there is some talk that that may come back. Um, and again, depending on how things go. So, um, and then maybe the read, well, we're recording this right before the first round of read invites go out. Um, and, uh. And you're talking about the virtual read. The virtual read was terrible. Um, I mean, it just it's just not as good as being face to face. So I'm hopeful that um uh, maybe the AP read, I, I can be one of those people who get invited out, even though for me, similar to what you're saying with NABT, school is still in session in Massachusetts, uh, when that that happens. So we have school through most of June. So I will have to leave my school and and get coverage. And um my school's always been super supportive of that, but um, it's you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that all goes out. But I'm I'm looking forward to the read. I will do it you know remotely one more time if I have to, um, but I really hope I get to go to Kansas City, um, and and do it in person because it it is not the same experience doing it by yourself in your house, uh, as it is being in that so uncomfortable room uh, that we get to do it but with other people. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've given some folks some really good th- things to think about in terms of, um, as I think Lee said, the the remote learning is not going away. Um, there's going to be PD opportunities coming up that are that way. So maybe a filter to what looks like it's worth your time <laughs> versus what's not. Um, I definitely changed my thinking a little bit on that. So. All right, let me give show credits. Um, so please subscribe to Life of School on your podcast player of choice. Uh, music on this and every episode is provided by Jake Jenkins and X magicians. Uh, you can go to patreon.com and chip in a buck or two and support the work we do. Uh, you can also get show notes there as well as on lifeoftheschool.org. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Matthew Tweets or at Life of the School, and I will tag these ladies when I post out the episode um and this is our our late february episode Um, this will come out during my february break something that lee gets confused by every time i say it
2: (laughs) yep because i'm like what february break what's that
0: you you, you teach till the end of june you will want your february and april breaks too
2: (laughs) oh yeah trust i i I totally believe that i mean we have spring break coming up in three weeks so I mean, our spring break comes oh. ungodly early, but we're also done in yeah. May the 20th. You know, we're done way yeah. before Memorial
0: Day. I, I have at least so. four more weeks of school when Lee gets out. So um, <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> we haven't even had our state science tests when Lee gets out. <laughs> nope. uh,
2: now, and, and the AP exam will have just yep. happened the week yep. before we yep. get out.
0: All right. Well, thanks all for joining us and we will talk to everybody soon.
3: The dog was like me
2: <laughs> dogs can be scientists too haven't you seen the poster with the lab <laughs> the lab assistant